And despite the vastness of the sea, there was a big fish right there when Jonah was overthrown from the boat to swallow him. Our God is a God of the supernatural. So let's put that to rest right off the bat. And God can do what he wants to do. Now, if you want to argue that, be my guest. Let, let me know how that turns out for you. Um, but God is a God of miracles. So Jonah describes for us exactly the depth of the darkness that he was in. And he uses the words, he says, I descended to the roots of the mountains. That's like rock bottom. You can't get any deeper than that. Jonah found himself in a deep, dark place. It reminds me of Moses in the desert, Joseph in the pit, Daniel in the lion's den, David in the cave, Job sitting upon the ashes. All of them, for one reason or another, found themselves in a deep, dark place in their lives in what appeared to be in an impossible situation. Have you been there? Maybe you're there right now. You can't see the light of day. You can't climb out. You feel that you've been cast out and you're alone. Hope seems like a distant speck of light in the darkness. I found myself in this place shortly after I got married. One day my wife was fine, the next day she was in intensive care uh, with a rare blood disease and they told me she just had a grand mal seizure and they couldn't even recognize her. It was dark. It was a lonely place. And if you've lived on this life for any amount of time, you've been there. You can relate to Jonah and the deep depths of his despair that he found himself in. And I don't think the question is whether or not you'll ever experience that. I think the question is, how will you respond to it when it happens? And how you respond to it will determine how much of faith and whether that faith will be shipwrecked or not. Well, it's here where we can learn from Jonah in chapter 2 and the prayer that he gives. It teaches us how to pray at rock bottom. We'll be looking at three A's today when we pray what we need to do. And so the first A that we'll be covering is that when we are at rock bottom, our prayer needs to admit the trouble we're in. We need to be honest about our situation. Jonah 2 here says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. I called to you from the land of the dead. I sank beneath the waves. I sank down to the very 
roots of the mountains. Jonah was at the point of death. He was fainting away. Now you might say Jonah's troubles seemed really obvious. What was the big deal about admitting it? Well, unfortunately, it's tragic how many times as Christians we don't recognize the condition we're in, that we might be down in that dark pit. We may even deny it. We are unable to see where we are or admit that maybe it was because of our actions that put us there. We don't do a self-evaluation of our situation. We fail to do an inventory and where we are. You know, inventory tracking is a multi-million dollar business in America. Um, if you're in that business, there's many, many different inventory management systems that will ensure that your business is effective. It's a huge business because there is such a huge potential for loss. And I find it crazy that we take such great care to inventory our possessions, but we rarely inventory ourselves and our condition before God. And when we fail to do this, we are in danger of being shipwrecked. We can't receive mercy if we don't know we need it. We can't move forward if we don't know where we're starting from. There's a huge potential for spiritual loss. When I was growing up, I thought I was the greatest basketball player in the world. Obviously, I wasn't. Um, but I thought so. Now, if I... I really didn't ever admit that I wasn't. Um, but if I had, I would have done something about it. I could have done something about it. But instead, I stayed exactly where I was, convinced that other people just didn't see my value. We often do that in our Christian walk. We often think that everyone else is wrong and we're okay. Well, fortunately, Jonah does not do that. He does take an inventory, and he does admit his condition, and he also recognizes that God placed him there. He says, you threw me into the ocean depths, buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. In Jonah's case, God threw him into the ocean because he was running from him. And that may be exactly your case. Maybe you're running from God, but maybe you're not, and you still find yourself in a deep, dark place. Either way, whenever we are in a dark place, we must recognize that God has allowed it for his purposes. It's not an accident. It's not by chance. It's not because God has given up on you. 
It's not because God no longer exists. Well, our second point is that when we are at rock bottom, our prayer needs to affirm who God is. Jonah 2, 2 and 6 says, I cried out to the Lord in my great treble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. God is the one who answers. God is the one who hears. God is the one who brings us out of our pit and out of our dark places. There are several things that we can learn and happen when we affirm who God is. When we affirm who our God is, we realize that our prayers are heard in the highest heavens, even though it is prayed in the lowest depths. That's pretty insane. It's not possible with anybody else except God. When I was growing up, I'd get lost a couple of times, and I'd cry out, yell out, from my parents, they couldn't hear me, and they weren't even that far away. Sometimes I didn't even cry out because I knew it was a waste of time. It's not a waste of time with God. He can always hear you, no matter where you are, or far, how far you feel that you are from him. When we affirm who our God is, we are affirming There we go. Oh. We are affirming who our God is. We are affirming that even though our situation has changed, God has not. This goes against most of our relationships we have. The moment we lose our status, our money, our looks, our golf swing, whatever it is, people change. They leave us. They change with the situation, but God doesn't. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. When we affirm who God is, we can rely on scripture in our prayer. You know, Jonah did this three times in this prayer in the Psalms. He quotes David, who actually used this language figuratively in his cries out to the Lord. And Jonah took comfort in that, that he was not alone, and that the God of David, who delivered David, could deliver him also. And Jonah isn't the only one who quoted scripture when they found themselves at rock bottom. Jesus did too. I don't know about you, but if I hadn't eaten for 40 days, I'd be pretty rock bottom. <laughs> physically, probably emotionally. And we see the picture of Jesus quoting scripture at that time. Yes, he was being tempted, and probably in our dark places, that's when we're tempted the most. We need to be aware of scripture and reading scripture and affirming scripture and remembering who God is. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, the great German theologian, 
and author of The Cost of Discipleship, wrote this. The richness of God's word ought to determine our prayer, not the poverty of our heart. Finally, affirming our God is, assures us our ultimate deliverance even when we can't see it because our God is a God of deliverance. Samuel says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Ezra says, and the hand of our God was upon us and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy. Psalm says, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Over and over and over again in scripture, God is seen as our deliverer. When I was at my darkest point with my wife in intensive care, we had a worship service and we, in the chapel in the little uh, hospital, and we sung songs to God in affirmation of who he was. We recognized God for who he was despite the current situation. You know, when we have those worship evenings each month now, that's not just to have a, a good time, which it is a good time, but it's also to align ourselves with who God is. The thing, this brings us to our third thing that we learned from Jonah's prayer. And third, when we are at rock bottom, our prayer needs to align with God's plan. Jonah's prayer includes a decision a commitment to go in God's direction despite his situation. Jonah 2, 7 through 9 says, As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on God's mercies. But I will offer you sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah also says in verse four that he will once again look to the holy temple. And in verse six, he talks about the Lord being his God. Despite Jonah's situation, he looks to God. He commits to a relationship with God. He commits to serving God. Interesting, that is exactly what the sailors did when they were saved in their situation. It says in chapter 116, then the men feared the Lord greatly and they offered a sacrifice and made vows. It's the proper response. Now it's critical here to observe an interesting point. The sailors did it after they were saved. Jonah did it before he was saved. We need to recognize that. Sometimes we make it conditional. We say, well, if the Lord gets me out of this situation, then I'll, I'll serve him. If the Lord heals my wife, then I'll follow him. More likely than not, you won't. Not for long, because you've made it a conditional relationship. As long as God is giving what you, you what you want, it's good. 
But the moment God doesn't give you it, it's over. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to the king when they were at rock bottom? They were about to be thrown into a furnace and burnt to a crisp. And this is what they said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They were committed to serving God no matter what their situation was. When we are at rock bottom, our prayer should include looking to God and committing to our relationship to him and be committed to serving him regardless of our situation. You know, Jonah's prayer correctly focuses not on the how, but on the who. So often when we find ourselves at rock bottom, all we focus in on is the how. Our prayer is all about the how. Lord, take this obstacle away. Lord, I need this. Rarely do we admit to the trouble we're in, affirm who God is, and align with God's plan. You know, how God rescues us is rarely the way we think it's going to happen. It's usually an unexpected rescue. Same with Jonah. I mean, Jonah had no idea that the very thing that made him feel abandoned was the thing that was going to save him. God didn't cast him out. He cast him into something that was going to save him. Totally unexpected. And this is consistent with how God operates in our lives. Joseph in the pit, his unexpected rescue plan included being sold into slavery. Daniel in the lion's den, Angel was the unexpected rescue plan, closing the mouth of the lions. And we can't forget the most unexpected rescue plan, and that is the cross. We were in dire straits, without hope, separated from God. And in our rescue plan, our, our rescue plan is to try to fix it ourselves, try to somehow meet the standard, try to somehow be good enough, somehow pay the cost. But God's rescue plan was the cross and Jesus. His rescue plan was not our works, but the work of Christ on the cross. The only one that could take our place. The only one that could make it right for a relationship with God.
God delivers us from our sins and God delivers us from deep, dark places. Let's just remember to admit our situation, affirm who God is, and align with his plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Um, We thank you for the truth that is just as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. We thank you that you're a God of deliverance. And Father, I know that there's probably individuals here today that feel like they're in that deep, dark place. Father, I just ask that you would affirm in their lives that you are still God and you have not changed. And that we can sing and worship you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.